Welcome to episode four of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Steve Fauntis, along here with Eric Sanchez. And today's show is going to be probably my favorite show of the year. It is the Royal Rumble Memory Show. Growing up, and even now, the Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Love the guys coming in, love the surprises, love everything about it. Eric, you ready to talk Royal Rumble? Sure am. Awesome. Before we get started, remember... You can follow on Twitter at PPWPodcast. Send us a note to PPWPodcast at gmail.com. You could also listen to us on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. So again, PPWPodcast on Twitter. PPWPodcast at gmail.com. I'm just too excited about the Royal Rumble. Right. I gotta get started. <laughs> the first thing I wanted to talk about was your favorite Rumble growing up. And for me, it was the 1994 Royal Rumble. Looking back, rewatching it, it's not the best one, but it's just so much fun. I've got even got the VHS tape here in front of me, the, the Coliseum Video exclusive cover art, mm-hmm. which has got all the wrestlers falling out of the TV like, in like cartooning. And I everything. remember that. Yeah, it's great. This is the one where Bret Hart and Lex Luger tied at the end at the Rumble. And the reason I like this one so much is because I had two guys that I really wanted to win. I wanted Bret to win and I wanted Luger to win. So when they both won, Imagine my excitement. Did you go back and watch this one recently or no? Yeah, I've gone back and watched this one along with about 10 other ones. Now, this one wasn't your favorite, obviously, when you were a kid like it was for me. But when you went back and watched it, what did you think of it? I thought it was pretty good. Um, Not a lot of action inside of it because a lot of these that I went back and watched, I didn't spend the whole hour, hour, 20 minutes watching them. I tried to watch them on a faster speed. (laughs) So as I was watching it, I remember Scotty Steiner, you know, back when he, well, American Alpha kind of dresses like yeah, that now. Yeah, Steiner but, started it, right? He was number one. Yeah. And, and who was and number two? Samu. Samu or Head Shrinker. Yeah. And number three was Rick Steiner. Yeah. Now, I always wondered, not when I was a kid, but later, I was like, well, why didn't they start each other? That was that was kind of lame. I, uh, Bruce Pritchard, who was a former guy who was brother love in the WWE, and is a former producer, writer for the WWE, WWF for a long time, has a podcast now. And he recently did a whole show about the 94 Rumble. And he said it was Vince who said, brothers don't fight. Why would they fight each other? <laughs> so that was yeah. the reason they weren't one and two, but they were one and three. So they okay. got there at the same time, but they weren't going to fight. Which and then there was a little showdown <clears throat> after Samu was eliminated, I, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds, where they kind of just were in there together, but they never fought. Yeah, that's that's part of the reason Rumbles are so awesome is because you have guys that normally wouldn't face each other, and you have guys that are partners. You have good guys versus good guys, bad guys versus bad guys. You talked about, before we started, about how you watched the 88 Rumble, which is the first one, and you mentioned that 
that didn't happen. Well, at going all. back to the '88 one, which was the first one, I don't think it was its own pay per view. No, it was, it, was... A, it was a USA special. Okay, um, twenty people, but as the identifiable, the baby faces and the, and the heels, the baby faces never fought another baby face. They didn't punch anybody. It was always the good guys versus the bad guys. And Harley Fre- Harley Race kind of broke that. I forgot who he fought against, but I'm like, oh, wait, those are two bad guys. Because I was trying to decipher. I watched it like two times. Like, I don't think they fought each other, like the good guys and the bad guys. So then I watched them like, okay, that guy's good, that guy's bad, that guy's good. But there were some guys later on that I remember being bad. They were good in this rumble. <laughs> yeah, they pretty much went away from that the very next year when they had yeah. Demolition start off to face each other, which I thought was awesome. And that was a rumble when I was, the 89 rumble, when I was a kid, I didn't rent too much. Same with the 88 rumble because most of the guys in it were a little past my viewing age area. I didn't recognize a lot of guys. I knew mm-hmm. them from tapes, but didn't really have anything invested in them. So that was one where I didn't really watch it too much. But this 94 rumble, I would rent over and I'm looking at the tape in my hand. I would rent this over and over again. The thing, I, other thing I liked about this was before the Rumble match, there was a story pretty much throughout the whole show with Bret Hart where Bret Hart and Owen Hart were facing the Quebecers for the tag titles. And this is when they were teasing, which started at the Survivor Series this past year in 93, where they were teasing Bret and Owen were going to face each other because Owen was the jealous little brother and he wanted to face Bret. Bret refused. And there was a thing where I was watching either on Superstars or Challenge on YouTube where Bret and Owen did a promo like, look, you know, I'll be the first to admit we had problems. We put it behind us. We're going to face the Quebecers and win the title at, at the Rumble. Me as a kid, I bought it. Looking now, it's totally obvious they're setting up just a, a turn on Brett again. Yeah. But I, I totally bought it at the time. And they have the match with Brett and Owen versus the Quebecers. Brett has one of the Quebecers in the sharpshooter. And Owen's like, tag me, tag me, because your knee's too hurt. Brett doesn't tag him. The ref stops it because Brett's knee's too hurt. Owen loses it. And he has the famous line in the promo. You remember the famous line? No. Was, so Owen yells at the camera as he's because I think Pat and Gil was interviewing. He's like, how could you do this? He goes, you know, I, I'm the better brother. I proved it. And that's why I kicked your leg out from your leg. <laughs> <laughs> One of the famous Owen Hart flubs, but it's so funny because it's Owen. And did you watch those matches or just the Rumbles from 94? Just the Rumbles. They talked about it a little bit during the Rumble about Bret Hart not going to be able to make it out there that night. Yeah, because when he came down, he was limping. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this one also special to me, because I mentioned this before, this was one where for some reason the pay-per-view was not scrambled on my box. I got to watch it. One of the very, very few live pay-per-views I got to watch. Ran upstairs, grabbed a tape, hit record, and just watched this one to death. And let's talk about the Rumble match itself. So you watched it recently. Yeah. Thoughts, comments, concerns? I thought it was okay. Uh, one of the things that I noted as I was watching it was like, okay, they went away. They broke to the backstage to go see what was going on. I never saw it before. Mm-hmm. And I've seen maybe 10, 15 rumbles in the past couple of weeks, and I've watched them before. But as I'm watching it, I don't think they've gone to the backstage to interview anybody. That's when Diesel came out, eliminated a bunch of people. Yeah, that was his coming out party. Yeah, so I think it was seven guys. He's standing in the ring. They're like, oh, well, let's go backstage, you know, see what's going on with Luger. And Luger's getting beat down by Tenru and the great Kabuki. I didn't understand why they would attack him. That I read that Vince wanted it to keep it like, oh, he was All-American and then the foreigners. So the story with that is... Mr. Fuji had brought those people in to take out Lex Luger. 
because they had a feud going back from 4th of July, 93, when Luger slammed Yokozuna all the way through. And the end goal apparently was to get Lex the title at WrestleMania mm -hmm. over Yoko. Looking back, I can see why they didn't do it. But as a kid, I would have been perfectly fine with that. Again, I mentioned before, I think in a previous show, I wanted the main event of WrestleMania to be Lex versus Brett for the title. Didn't happen, but I got to see him both wrestle WrestleMania that year. Yeah. I've got the, the list of participants up here on my iPad. Not terrible. You know, there's some bad gimmick guys. There's Quang. There's uh, Sparky Plug. There's the great Kabuki, like you mentioned, Bastion Booger, who did not compete in the Rumble match for yeah, some reason. Yeah, he showed. Uh, fought two. Adam Bomb was number 30. But then you got good You got good wrestlers. In here. You got I was good. a fan of Adam Bomb. I liked him. I liked like, his look. Did you like him as Wrath in WCW? No. Okay. <laughs> you I just liked like, him as Adam Bomb. You like the pun, the Adam Bomb. Uh, we've got Shawn Michaels, you know, Lex Luger, Bret Hart, the model Rick Martel, Doink the Clown, Crush, Randy Savage. So you've got pretty pretty big names in the in the scope of pro wrestling history. So it was a good a good rumble from top to bottom. Now let's talk about the finish with Bret and Lex Luger where they both went over at the same time. Now, you rewatched it. I can well, tell you what I was thinking, both live and on the rewatch. So what do you got in your rewatch? When I watched it live, I remember at some point during the show that they showed the two feet, maybe a knee touching at the same time, whatever it was. Um, but then when I went back and watched it, all they did was show them from the opposite side, not showing a clear anything like waist down. Like if you're as far as like the top of the apron, falling to the mat. So they didn't show anything touching the mat. I think they showed it three or four times and Vince or somebody said, you know, let's see if we can get a better angle. They get a somewhat better angle, but it doesn't show anything on touching the floor. I think I have a solution to that memory. So that would have been a Coliseum video exclusive camera angle. So maybe you watch the tape, the rental tape, mm -hmm. and then are associating it with the live broadcast because the network version is the live broadcast version of the pay-per-view because they keep talking about the hotline stuff like that. So this yeah. is the, the live network version or the live pay-per-view version. When I watched it live, I remember it being pretty equal as far as crowd reaction, because after they both went over one ref, Brett raised Brett's hand. One ref would raise Luger's hand. And they played the music and then it, no, yeah. no, no, no. And yeah. Play, you know, raise his arm and play his I, music. I remember it being pretty equal. And as, as I've grown older, people would, would say, even in Brett's book, he talks about it was clear they were cheering for me. People wanted me. I was like, I don't remember that. Watching back, it's true. The The crowd reaction is much, much louder for Brett Hart than his Lex Luger. So I can see why they did that, why they went with Brett. And I'm happy they did because Brett deserved it at that point, and mm -hmm. he's, still, he's one of the best wrestlers of all time. It's just, it's just a rumble that one of those ones that may not be great but gives me warm feelings when I go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. That's that's my that's my go to when I think of rumbles for me personally. Yeah, my first when I first started getting into wrestling was um, right after WrestleMania, the Hogan Warrior WrestleMania six. Yeah, the Survivor Series stuff like that, and then my first pay per view that I bought was the Royal Rumble '91. So I remember you know re uh, taping it and all that stuff and and watching it over and over. So to me that was very memorable to me. Because it had all the stars at the time that I recognized because I started watching it. And I knew who all these guys were. But going back and watching it, it wasn't that good. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think the Rumble 
that had, I think, the, the best stars and the best little rivalries that I could identify, even watching from today, was 1990. Really? Yeah. Over 92? Yeah, over okay. 92. Okay, well, I'm going to pull up the entrance into the 90 Rumble. Will you keep talking about your 91? How wasn't that great? Well, 91, I don't... I think maybe because I watched it so many times, but there wasn't a lot of action in it. There's always going to be your, your rivalries that are going on that, oh, they finally get to meet and they beat each other up for a couple minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, it didn't... I don't even remember having much of that either. It didn't, because I rewatched it. This one was all setting up to build Hogan up even more than he was to get the title back at WrestleMania from the evil <clears throat> Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. This was one where, I think I talked about this before, my video store did not have the 91 Rumble to tape, so it was a long time before I was able to see it. And when I saw it, I was disappointed because I thought, it, like you said, it was kind of boring. And the title match sucked because the bad guy won, Sergeant Slaughter. He mm -hmm. beat Ultimate Warrior. But overall, it's not a great look back, but I can see why you have warm feeling towards it because it's when you're first getting into it as a fan. And it makes sense that this is your rumble to look back on. And the cover art's awesome. And the oh, yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> and going back and watching it, like I said, there wasn't a lot of different... Uh fighting or, or um, feuding with, with others. But as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, I know that ref. So I'm looking at it again. And it's Shane McMahon. He was a referee in that match on the outside. Yeah. And then the other, I guess, interesting point to that would, of the match would have been, you know, who's number 18? Because number 18 didn't show. And it turned out that it was the Macho Man after they got through all the 30. Like, oh, Macho King didn't show up. Did they mention that on the broadcast? They did. And okay. I think Heenan says, oh, maybe he hightailed it out of here because he had attacked Warrior earlier in the night. Yeah. And cost Warrior the title. Yeah. And led to our favorite match, the yeah. Warrior Savage match, which we will get to full breakdown someday. So you mentioned talking about rivalries building and things like that. That was more than 90 Rumble, too, because that was the first time we had Hogan versus Warrior touch in the ring right yeah that was before sma6 and this is another one that i rented over and over again i've got the again the costume videotape in front of me i rented this one a lot i loved the finish of it because i wanted hogan to win and i thought it was cool and if you remember this at the end of the match hogan celebrating doing his posing he points to the crowd and someone's got a hulk and he will live forever huge banner and he takes uh -huh. it from yeah. him that's awesome hogan grabbed a fan sign mm -hmm. And I would always watch the post-match stuff with Hogan of him flexing and posing and things like that. But this Rumble had a lot of foreshadowing to WrestleMania six, particularly the main event. And I'm curious, I'd assume that they knew that was the plan before the Rumble started or if they wanted to test it with Hogan and Warrior in the Rumble and then, then go go forward for It's possible, yeah. Maybe it was a plan and then he wanted to test it. <laughs> if it failed, then it wasn't on the plan anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it was a good showdown. Warriors, you know, doing his thing, eliminating people. Hogan's eliminated people, and it comes down to them, too. In the middle of the Rumble, they're not the last two. So it was interesting to see, and then they're, you know, going with the crowd reaction. And I think there, the double clothesline was also they did that in the mm -hmm. WrestleMania match, but that was cool, too. There was a, the crowd, like, as soon as it happened, like, the ring was cleared, and I think Hogan and Warrior, they were back to each other. The crowd, everybody stood up, like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Because you never saw that. And these are your, these are legitimately your top two stars right now, mm -hmm. one and two in the WWF. 
I, I'm trying to think of a comparison to today right now where guys that have never touched before but gotten the rumble. Do you think of one off the top of your head? I can't. Where, yeah, because everybody faces everybody. Maybe a Cena Undertaker if they're both in the rumble. Maybe. I can see that. Uh, but Cena's not going to be in the rumble this year. But there's just so much talent today that I don't think that those two stand out far and beyond above the roster. I Yeah, I think, though, if there was a moment in this year's rumble where for every reason Cena's in it, if they toss over, everyone gets tossed, and they, 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 they it's only seen Undertaker in the ring. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, here we go." Oh yeah, absolutely. Because those are your two. But I think Hogan Warrior is bigger. In the context of the time, yes. Yeah. And I think that you're probably overall too. You're probably right. I think it's 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 a bigger event than even if seen Undertaker were to face each other because mm-hmm. they fought each other. They've wrestled each other before, just in different eras. And I thought they and I thought Cena and Undertaker met at WrestleMania before, but they haven't. No, they have not, which is why it would be such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about a different Rumble. We, we've talked about a lot of past Rumbles. Let's go to the 2015 Rumble. <clears throat> where Roman, we were just finishing up watching it downstairs, where Roman won, and this is the famous one where the crowd boos pretty much from the time Daniel Bryan gets eliminated till the end of the show. Roman was winning the Rumble. That was their plan. Up until Bryan got eliminated, it's a fun Rumble. There's cool moments. Bray Wyatt's got awesome spots to eliminate anybody. There's a little mini Wyatt family reunion. Boogeyman comes out. DDP comes out. One of the Dudleys comes out. It's a great little rumble and lots of fun, and there's a very anticlimactic Daniel Bryan elimination. So, to me, the simple thing would have been Daniel Bryan just not in the rumble that year, and I think it would have, would have went a lot better for them because it's still a good rumble. It's better mm. than a lot of the ones I've watched, but it gets such a shitty rap because of the ending. What do you think they should have done? Well, we talked about it, and... If they're going to have him in the Rumble, I think they did the right thing. They put him in early, had him in for a little bit, and Daniel then got Bryan, rid of him. Daniel yeah, Bryan. Okay. So that, I don't know, they hope that the crowd gets into somebody else, which I think they kind of did when Ziggler came out. But then as soon as Ziggler got, got eliminated, I mean, they were still booing. But Ziggler comes out, I think there's a little bit more of a, okay, well, now, now this is the guy that we want. Yeah. But I think ultimately they wanted Daniel Bryan to win it. The fans did. And I think it was the same with the year before that. They wanted Daniel Bryan. He never showed up. Okay, we'll take Roman Reigns. And then Roman Reigns gets eliminated the year before. Isn't that ironic? They're like, okay, we'll take Roman. Yeah. And a, now they're like, we our, don't want Roman. It's our parting gift. I guess we'll take it because yeah. we, we don't want Batista to win. Yeah. 2014. And the very next year, like, we okay. do not want Roman to win. <laughs> they give you Roman. Which I guess you can see WWE's point of why you cannot listen to a specific audience mm-hmm. for your long-term planning because... Roman winning ended up being the right decision because Daniel Bryan ended up being hurt, could not wrestle anymore. Also, Roman and Brock had a hell of a match at WrestleMania 31, leading to the Seth Rollins cash-in. So I think it, it worked out. In, in retrospect, it worked out. But what I think they could have done, one, obviously don't have Daniel Bryan in the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Two, do not have the big show in Kane beat the hell out of everybody and eliminate the fan favorites. Like, why or they eliminated Bray Wyatt, who was getting a little bit of a pop because he had a big a big run in the Rumble. Also, they just tossed Ziggler, they just tossed Dean Ambrose, to the point where I get what they were trying to do. They're trying to make it like okay, Roman's going to be the guy that eliminates the guys that eliminated your guy. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but 
again, it, it was such a fun rumble up until that point where I think what could have been, and they just kept it as is without Brian in the rumble. I think it could have been a, one of the better ones ever. But and then he had Rusev. Yeah, handsome Rusev. <laughs> handsome as he calls Rusev, himself now. right? I, I'm, I'm handsome Rusev. We were just talking before the show started about how much we were becoming big fans of Rusev. So hopefully he gets a nice little push going into 2017. Hopefully he has a good rumble showing too. I hope so. I hope he wins it. There's a lot of guys I would be happy with them winning it this year. We could talk. We could stick on this year's rumble. We were talking about before we were recording how there's so many guys that are like, okay, let's say this guy wins, that guy wins. I'm okay with it. If Undertaker wins, if Brock wins, if if Goldberg wins, if who else is in it? We were just talking about said, Undertaker wins. I said Big E. Big E wins. Big Cass. No, not Big <laughs> Cass. He's not going to win. You know, Strom. There's so many guys. I'm like, all right, Sammy. Yeah, why not? Jericho. Right. There's just so many guys where this year, I can't think of someone winning. I'd be mad at. Yeah, because I don't think this year there's one person I wanted to win, and I'll be pissed if they don't. Yeah, like if any of the ten guys that you know that I enjoy watching, if they win, then I'm happy for it. Yeah, which is awesome because this year will be a fun rumble to watch. We've got awesome matches ready for it. We've got Cena versus Styles, which I'm very much looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Owens versus Reigns, I'm looking forward to. Those are two guys that can really, really wrestle very well. I think Jericho in the, as he calls himself, the sexy pinata cage is going to be awesome. They've got Charlotte versus Bailey, which I kind of think is going to end in like a controversial thing where Bailey will try to get into the rematch at WrestleMania. But still, awesome matches lined up for WrestleMania this year, or for Royal Rumble this year going right. to WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I've been this excited for the Rumble match itself, so I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah. And then you have other people that are, I don't think know how many spots are left, 10 or 11, that would yeah. be a surprise entrance. Like, I would like to see Kurt Angle. I would like to see Triple H you know, come back for mm -hmm. something. I could see Triple H coming in and, and Rollins eliminating him. Yeah, pulling him out, yeah. setting that match up. Yeah, so there's there's a ton of stuff. There's just so many possibilities. Like, if it was, let's say, Brock wins, and he wants Styles at WrestleMania for the title. Like, mm -hmm. how awesome would that be? It's not going to happen. How awesome would that be? Right, Brock versus AJ Styles. So there's, there's possibilities are endless, as they like to say. Right. Let's go back in time a little bit to the 1992 Rumble. Well, 2015, what do you think? Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> like the ending, well, Rusev gets dumped. But The Rock came out before that. He did. So how how did you feel about The Rock trying to help boost Roman? <laughs> I thought it was lame. Um, they got the initial pop they wanted. But whatever. It, at least it makes sense a little bit because they're family, so it makes sense why The Rock would come out. Fun little pop for the crowd. But then the crowd, that crowd saw right through it. Like, no, 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 no. We, we're 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 not falling for this crap. Boo. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, I'm I, lame at the time, but looking back w with hindsight, having the benefit of hindsight, everything they did made sense. And I picked up the true story of the Royal Rumble Blu-ray set they just released. And they have a backstage of Triple H talking to Roman. And he's like, look, you know, good job. We knew that's how it was going to be. You pushed through. You didn't react. Good job. Like, they knew that this was coming because they were in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. Like, They knew it was happening. They're like, we have a plan. We want to stick with it. And it paid off. For sure. It did. So, Rumble 92. 
Rumble 92. Back in lots of, we've got notes and notes back and forth. People say this is, the consensus is this is the best Royal Rumble match itself ever. You're shaking your head. People can't see you shaking your head. <laughs> no. Well, I didn't want to, to acknowledge that I didn't think that way. <laughs> well, do you think that? or No. No, I don't think so. Which is the best ever? For me, I think is what people shit on. <laughs> I love 2000, or yeah, 2011. The one that Del Rio won. The 40 Man? The 40 Man. Why? I don't know. There's just, for me, I need, I like cool spots. Like in the middle of the match to kind of keep me entertained. 92 was just, I don't, there was nothing exciting getting to, then you get to the end. The ends are always exciting. But going from number one to number 29, number 30, it didn't really do much for me. I mean, sure, there's going to be the eliminations. Bobby Heenan actually got on my nerves. What? In 92, the, only... the whole time he was saying, no, 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 that's my guy. Oh, yeah, that's what, all this no, kind of stuff. No, in 92, he was 100% for Ric Flair. Yeah, that's only. what I'm saying. Okay. Right. Oh, he made that one. He made part of the Rumble that great. So let's, I've got, let's look at some of these guys that are in the 92 Rumble. Uh-huh. We're, I'm going to just name just the Hall of Famers. Million Dollar Man, Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Tito Santana, Kerry Von Erich, Greg Valentine, uh, Big Boss Man, Roddy Piper, Jake the Snake, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's 10 Hall of Famers already. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else we got here? Jimmy Snuka, Macho Man. Who else we got in here? Rick or Hulk Hogan. Sid. Uh, Sid's not a Hall of Famer. He should be. So we got 13 or 14 current Hall of Famers, possibly more. We've got guys in here like IRS, the British Bulldog, who should be in the Hall of Fame, just aren't yet. I mean, the Repo Man, for sure, Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that you're never going to get. I'm not saying it's terrible. Just not the best. I don't think it's the best. All right. I thought it was good. It was entertaining when I was watching. And I always love, after Strike Force <laughs> split up, I always loved the uh, the model and the Tito. Because it was I, hot. Like, they always go after each other. It, that even happened up till 93. Yeah, they just, as soon as they come in, they just look like they're in the hottest rivalry of the year. <laughs> but it was from, like, five years I, ago. I, it was more than five years. It was from, like, 1988 they were a tag team, 89. Yeah. <laughs> I think they split up at WrestleMania 5, officially, yeah. 89. So... I don't remember them even being a tag team, but every year, like I don't oh. either. But when you go back and you look at magazines and, and watch videos, you can see that the two were, you know, I guess thick as thieves. But <laughs> it's pretty funny. They were friends in real life, like yeah. you said last week. <laughs> they they were doing, uh, oh, what's that show on the network? Where Perfect they, strangers. Ride along. Ride along. Oh, the ride along. <laughs> Perfect strangers. I was going to say. What do you got? What uh, Since you hate the 92 Rumble. I don't hate the 92 Rumble. I think about halfway into it, I start, uh, Bobby just, just the way he's just so, oh my God, don't eliminate him, don't eliminate him, no, 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 what are you doing? <laughs> and then being for him, like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Like, I love Bobby Heenan, but it was I, just all, it was the Bobby Heenan show for an hour. We could talk about a match before that Rumble where Piper won the IC title versus the Mountie. Mm-hmm. The crowd for that match was so pumped that Piper won. They were so into it, and it led up to their awesome match he had with Bret Hart WrestleMania 8 that year. I was happy he won it. And then when he came out in the Rumble, the crowd went nuts for him again, went right after Flair, and there was an awesome line that Bobby Heenan had where Flair is about to be eliminated and Piper saves him. Mm -hmm. And 
Heenan's like, thank you, Piper. It's not a skirt. It's a kilt. It's a kilt. <laughs> and then a few minutes later, Piper attacks Flair. He's like, it is a you skirt wearing no good. <laughs> yeah, after he throws him out. Yeah, so he doesn't throw him out. Flair wins the Rumble. No, after um, Piper gets thrown out. Yeah, you skirt wearing it. So great Rumble, great moments, great yeah. Bobby Heenan. Now, do you hate him now or do you hate him at the time when you were watching it? I'm not gonna, okay. I I don't hate him. It was getting a little annoying that how frantic he was the whole match. <laughs> oh well. Oh, do I hate Bobby Heenan? No, not okay. at all. Okay. No, no, not at all. What What do you want to talk about now that I'm angry at you for not loving the '92 Rumble? <laughs> you can keep talking about the '92 Rumble. I could talk about the '92 Rumble all day. We could go elimination by elimination, but I'm not going to do that. We've got a lot to get to. <laughs> What's your next Rumble memory from past, present? Um, 2014. Okay. That was the one where Batista won. Yeah. So. Not a, not even a good Rumble. Unlike the 2015 one, not even like a great Rumble. Unless it was, and I'm just misremembering it. No, I'm trying ended. to think if that was the first year that Kofi did his... Um, his, I don't know, his saves yeah. or, or stuff like that was the first year? I don't know. No, no, 2011 he did, too. He did. He was doing it for a while. Remember when it was 2011? Actually, no, it was John Morrison who did it first. Yeah, Morrison did it first. I think he did it 2011. Yeah, he kind of jumped on yeah. the guardrail. Like Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Oh, that's <laughs> right. He held on like Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, great, great story. Anyway, we... <laughs> You got something or no? Because I keep talking about the 92. No, go, go ahead. All right. I'm just looking at my notes and trying to get it together. Okay. So 96 Rumble was the one where Shawn Michaels won. Mm-hmm. I was a pretty big HBK fan around this time. This was right around when they were pushing him towards the title where he eventually won at WrestleMania. This Rumble itself is not great. The As far as the star power, it's probably not not the top of the list for your rumbles. Also, before the rumble match itself, they aired the WWE did aired one of those billionaire Ted skits, where the Huckster and the Nacho Man and they talked about how old they were, which I thought was a ron- ironic because the rumble match comes, you've got Jake the Snake Roberts who's old, Dory Funk Jr., uh, you've got Jerry the King Lawler, all these old guys that are in the rumble too. It's like, hey, you don't have a roster to fill it out. Mm-hmm. At the time, I liked. This Rumble a lot, because I like Michaels winning. But looking back, it's not great. I, I find a lot of times with these Rumbles, looking back, when you rewatch them, if you know the winner, it's not as fun to rewatch it as compared to other matches. And some of the older ones I watched, I didn't remember the winner. So I'm Did like, I'm not going to look this up. Yeah, because okay. I'm like, okay, this is cool, this is cool. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I think this guy won. <laughs> Unfortunately, how my brain works is I look at the year, and I remember, okay, this year at WrestleMania, okay, this guy won. Because I, I remember the year. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, I can't do that. <laughs> this one has a cool finish where Michaels hits the super kick on Diesel at the end. What's weird is after Michaels wins, he starts stripping his tights off. Almost to the point you could see his shaft in the front. So, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know what the mm-hmm. point of that was. But it's not a great rubble, but it's one that is important in the history of the WWF because it's a the first back-to-back winner. Or no, I'm sorry, it's not the first back-to-back winner. Hogan won 1991. It's the second back-to-back winner, and it launches Michaels into the main event because he won the year before where he faced Diesel, and that wasn't 
they weren't even the main event that year. That was LT and Bam Bam in mm-hmm. the main event, the football player. It's still important because it pushes, in my opinion, the best wrestler of all time into the main event for the first time in his career. So it's cool to look to go back and watch. Is this one of the ones you rewatched? No, you said you didn't. Re-watch I didn't them. get a chance to watch this one. Do you remember around this year, fan around this time with Michaels kind of coming up? You know, you said he was cheesy with the Jose Lothario, but did you like him coming up through this, or did you want someone else? Uh, I don't remember watching that much during this time. Okay. Yeah, I could. This was a time, a lot of people weren't watching WWF at the time. They're all watching WCW yeah. because the NWO was taking over, and it was a hot time for that. And the year before. The Royal Rumble 95, when Michaels won. This is the famous one where he holds on to the ropes till almost the very end. And Bulldog, this was this was one, because Bulldog thought he won. Mm-hmm. So this is one where, I don't know if I ever said this before. So what I used to do when I was a kid is my parents would never pay for a pay-per-view. And before digital cable, what they would just do is they would scramble the channel. So basically it would look like, just go on YouTube, type scrambled pay-per-view. Don't, don't know what it looks like. But it's basically... Still audio. Yeah, still crystal clear audio. But it's just a bunch... The, the image is completely... You can't view it. It's green and yellow and, and up and down. They scramble the image. So what I would do is I would watch the pay-per-view by listening to it. And I would have... We had two TVs in our basement. I would play Nintendo on the TV. And while I was playing Nintendo, I'd listen to the pay-per-view. So imagine my surprise when I heard the audio, because they even played British Bulldogs music. Mm-hmm. And the Bulldog won it. The Bulldog won it. And then all of a sudden, the, you hear, oh, no, no, because they don't really 100% describe what's going on. Yeah. Some friendly trying to like look in between the scrambling, like, what's going on? <laughs> and then later, the next day, they'd show the stills of the event where Michaels only had one foot in the floor. And I was kind of pissed that Michaels won. I wanted Bulldog to win. I always liked the British Bulldog. Yeah, Did you ever too. watch this one or no? No. You're just no, I may have, because I do remember the ending, and I remember Michael's coming back in and knocking uh, Bulldog off. Mm-hmm. Probably, I mean, we've also seen that a bunch of times throughout his like highlight, his career highlight yeah. packages. Maybe that's what I remember it from. As far as participants, this is probably the least star rumble ever. Like, let's look at some of the participants here. So we've got, what year is this, 95, right? No, mm-hmm. it's 96. I'm on 96. <clears throat> but so let's look at some of these participants. Obviously, Shawn Michaels, the British Bulldog, they were number one and number two. Eli Blue, Duke the Dumpster Drossy, Jimmy Del Rey, don't remember him. I don't remember him either. Doink the Clown, Quang, uh, Moe from Men on a Mission, Mantar, Aldo Montoya, Henry O'Goblin, a.k.a. Hog. Uh, what about Pig? Steve, Phineas was not in there. Phineas, I... <laughs> Fatu and Crush was number 30. Dick Murdoch, number 27. Dirty. <laughs> so they, they're scrap, And you can see why WWE was struggling at the time with this roster mm-hmm. of these characters and the, the occupation wrestlers like Duke the Dumpster Drossy yeah. and Mantar and, and all these people. Still, I was a pretty big fan of WWE at the time because I just had to watch anything. During the time I did watch here and there, and then I would see the silly characters. But of the silly characters, my favorite is Duke, the dumpster drossy. I don't know why. He's got a good look. He has a good look. He looked like a trash guy. I mean, he didn't look sloppy to me. He looked like... Yeah, he wasn't just a big fat guy. Right. He looked like he was in shape. Yeah. Mantar was garbage. Bastion Booker was garbage. Yeah. (laughs) Even that Damien Demento. Yeah. All garbage. 
I thought he only had one match, and then he shows up in a rumble. I'm like, oh, he has two matches then. Damien Demento's yeah, in a rumble? Cause, yeah, because he was in... Uh, Probably the 93 or 94 one. One of them. But yeah. I remember his match with, I think it was Undertaker on Raw, like the first yeah. Raw. And the then, first Raw main event. Maybe 93 was Demento. Another thing, we'll go back to 96 rumble real quick here. One cool part of it was when Jake the Snake came in and threw a snake in the ring and everybody cleared out. And it was a huge freaking snake. And Jerry Lawler hit under the ring and everybody kind of forgot about him until Michaels came in and eliminated him. He pulled him out from under the ring and eliminated him. <laughs> and I, and I, I knew it happened and I was rewatching it. Even I forgot about it. So that, and I'm like, man, he was in there for like 35 minutes under the ring just hanging out. Yeah. And that goes back to the, was it the 90 or 89 Rumble where Jake throws a snake in again and Andre, the Giants, afraid of him? Uh, 89, probably. Yes, it was 89. I just have in my note there. So Jake comes running in and Andre's dominating everybody. And the the facial expression in Andre is like, oh, my oh. God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> throws himself over the top, eliminates himself yeah. from the Rumble. Speaking of guys eliminating themselves from the Rumble, you mm. haven't watched a lot of Royal Rumbles over the past couple of weeks. Yeah. You've noticed a theme with one guy in particular <laughs> eliminating himself or not knowing the rules of the Royal Rumble. <clears throat> Who is well, that there's two Rumbles where I think he just pulled, I don't know, a brain fart. <laughs> okay. But there's Rumbles that do, guys do legitimately eliminate themselves, and it's acknowledged they go, they go over the top rope, they touch the two, the two feet on the floor, they're out. It happened before, it's happened after. But this Royal Rumble, Savage is, is in this rivalry with Jake the Snake. He eliminates Jake the Snake. Then he does his famous, you know, grabs the top rope and jumps all the way this over. This 92. To the, 92. Yeah. Jumps over the top rope, touches the mat, and then Bobby is like, oh, he's gone, he's gone. And then the refs aren't saying he's gone. They're fighting. Undertaker comes out, grabs Savage, throws him back in the ring. Savage comes back out. Undertaker goes back out, throws him back in the ring, maybe to say, hey, you screwed up. you got to be in the ring. <laughs> and then Monsoon comes up with, like, oh, it's only an elimination if someone eliminates you over the top rope. So that was a macho brain fart. Yeah. And then the next year, he goes for a pin <laughs> on Yokozuna. 93 Rumble. He goes for a pin. Why? I don't know. I, I, still, don't know. I still am mad that Yoko won that Rumble. This was a rumble that I would hate renting when I was a kid because I knew the ending and I hated mm -hmm. Yokozuna. I guess that means he's a good heel, but I hated Yokozuna. It's like he was boring, he's a fat guy, but <laughs> I hated him. And then when he wins the rumble, I was like, oh, anybody but him. The Savage had a hot comeback. Yeah, and he was number 30, and the crowd went nuts for him. Axe handles, clotheslines, elbows, everything. And that nobody at the time had knocked Yoko off his feet. No. And he, the, that's what the crowd was like. He's going to push him off his feet for the first time. He's going to do it. But no, he hits the elbow drop on Yokozuna. And then for some reason goes for the pin. Yoko presses him from the ground over the top rope. Eight feet in the air <laughs> over the top rope. Such a dumb. But I, I don't, I, I'm not going to defend that. <laughs> but go with the year before, so Savage eliminates himself, gets back into the match because it looks like he's he's in the final four. It's him, Flair, Sid, and Hogan are the final four. Yes. So maybe that was the plan that well, he Undertaker's had. Undertaker's in it, too. The final four? Final four or five because... Probably five. Yeah, because remember at the, the fake press conference, 
Jack Tunney has Sid Hogan, Macho Man, Undertaker sitting there, and like these mm-hmm. were the last four guys besides Ric Flair. One of them will get the title shot at WrestleMania. Okay, then he was the the fifth. But okay. I just remember I just take notes on the final four. <laughs> so was, I mean, Undertaker could have been uh, the fifth, but then Savage goes out early and then leaves it to uh, Sid and Hogan, with Flair kind of hanging back. Yeah, and then and then Flair eliminates both of them and, mm-hmm. and gets or no Flair eliminates Sid because Sid eliminates Hogan and Hogan's on the outside saying what the hell brother goes for his hand tries to pull him out and then Flair comes and dumps him yeah. over and the crowd in New York's pretty in Albany I think is pretty pumped about Flair's win I don't remember being excited about it I, I was still a huge Hogan fan at the time so and I also I mentioned before Ric Flair wasn't a big deal to me as he probably should have been because I didn't mm-hmm. watch much WCW but he was a guy in the Rumble that year that because he was lasting long i found myself like not cheering for him but wanting him to stay super long so that was something that i always liked was as a kid and even now i like the guy that lasts a long time there was i think 91's the year where rick martell lasts forever 93 even the rumble that i hate bob Backlund lasts forever mm-hmm. and he's a guy when he first comes out the crowd's like yeah whatever cause he's number like three or something but by the end they're like i think that was an overall him. reaction for him it was eh. Yeah, but by the end of this rumble, people are like cheering for him, like, "Okay, you, yeah. you've been here the whole time. We're in." <laughs> and then he gets just tossed by Yokozuna. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is your? You've said you've watched a lot of rumbles recently. Any standout ones from things that you might have completely forgot about or remember? Like, oh, I forgot this completely. We forgot this happened, type of thing. Well, like I said, when I went back to try to watch them, there was I forgot who the winners were sometimes, but as. I guess going back, there were rumbles that I never watched that I thought there were cool moments. I remember, well, going back to 2011 with the Nexus deal and CM Punk. And the Nexus kind of ran it for 15 minutes. Like, they kind of hung together, um, whatever, White Husky Harris. A.K.A. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Otunga. Um, McGillicuddy, Mike McGillicuddy. Curtis Axel. And... Wade Barrett? Mm, Bad Alex Riley, I think. I forget, but somebody comes in and then one of the four or five Nexus gets eliminated. I think it's Kali eliminates. I forget who it was, but somebody gets eliminated and then Nexus kind of gets another guy to come in on the next entrant. Yeah. And they kind of run it for a while. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, that's what I like to see. You know, teams sticking together, not fighting each other. The, I think for me there was is more of the team sticking together, and maybe the year before or the year after the Wyatts. It had to have been the year after, the Wyatts kind of stuck together for a little bit. There's some stuff I noticed that they do a lot, which I think is cool. Where the last two or three guys, normally it's two heels and a baby face. So the '95 Rumble, it was Shawn Michaels, Crush, and British Bulldogs. The last three, Crush was the bad guy, Michaels the bad guy, Bulldogs the good guy. They're looking at each other. Michaels and Crush go to each other. Like, you and me, they kind of make the signals. You mm-hmm. and me go, and then we'll get him out. Then we'll go at it. So they beat up Bulldog for it. Then all of a sudden, Crush turns on Michaels and <laughs> beats him up. And he ends up getting eliminated. And we have a little little showdown with Michaels and the Bulldog, where mm-hmm. I mentioned Michaels ends up winning that one. But that's something they continue to do, I think, where the heels kind of stick together. But then one of them will turn on the other one because heels, are, they're just bad guys, yeah. so they can't do it. Mm-hmm. We talked about this on our awesome moment show where AJ Styles came in and debuted like a surprise entrant. Okay. I know that one was an awesome one, but are there any, did you find any surprise entrants 
that were cool in the in your look backs or you're watching recently? Um, because those, I think I the, think Edge coming back, twenty ten Rumble, twenty ten. Him coming back was a big deal. It was because Jericho, and him were partners. I think the tag they were tag champs. And then Edge got hurt, so Jericho started cutting promos on him on when he was carrying the team. <laughs> Edge came back and eliminated him, good stuff. And that was one where people were kind of maybe thinking Edge would come back. At least I was. But I was still surprised when he came back. That Rumble... And he won it. Yes. And he ended up going to WrestleMania that year and losing, the, losing to Jericho for the belt. That Rumble, I wanted Michaels to win because the storyline was Michaels was def- was begging Undertaker for a rematch at WrestleMania. He's like, I was this close. I know I can beat you. Undertaker kept denying him. Uh-huh. At the time, Undertaker was champ. So the only way Michaels was going to get there was him winning the Rumble and getting a match at WrestleMania with Undertaker. He lasted a pretty long time, and he has a pretty cool elimination where he's in the, on the rope, kind of holding on, holding on, and then slowly falls. It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. He and, he, his, and he snaps. <laughs> yes, and he holds his head like, I can't believe it. Like, I blew it. This is yeah. my only chance. And I thought, okay, well, I guess we're not doing Michaels Undertaker WrestleMania this year. Oh, well. But they had a they had a plan where it ended up happening, Michaels' retirement match. So it was a fun rumble. Another one where it's a surprise entrance, cool moments. And that's what you look for, I think, in a rumble, surprise moments and cool entrance. And mm-hmm. Any other surprise people, not necessarily even, like, comebacks, but, like, oh, DDP's here. Or the 2011 one, Diesel came out. Yeah. Huge pop. Big Daddy Cool. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I, I didn't really take notes on surprise returns. That's okay. That's okay. Because I have, I can talk for days on surprise returns. The, the, even the DDP comeback. Uh, who else came back? The the Boogeyman came back in the one I mentioned. Uh-huh. They had the alt, the biggest surprise one ever in the Royal Rumble history. I know what it is. What do you think I'm going to say? You probably won't know. But oh, I don't know. It's got to be when Cena came back in Royal Rumble 2008 after he was supposed to be out for six months, uh-huh. ended up being out for three. I was watching that Rumble live with my buddy, and we were going to WrestleMania that year in Orlando. And we're watching, like, oh, Triple H is probably going to win. You know, he's he's the guy that he's building him up. And all of a sudden, number thir- who's number 30? The horns hit. And... Oh, my goodness. The pop is insane for him. I'm going to try to pull it up on YouTube really quick to see if I can play the pop because it's nuts. It he had a different theme song, didn't he? No. It Same was, one? Yeah, it was, okay. the, it was the You Can't, My Time Is Now. Okay. And the whole, and this is Madison Square Garden where they But he was chain Cena. gang Cena. No. He wasn't good guy Cena. Yes, he was. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking 2005. He started his... Yeah, 2005 is Chain Gang with okay. Batista. Did you rewatch that one where they yeah. were Vince Torres squads? Yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. You, you watched that one. I haven't watched that one recently. You have. So what did... Well, it comes out to the end and it's Batista and Cena. And it goes down similar to Luger and Brett where they eliminate each other. And they're reviewing it. They're reviewing it. They're reviewing it. One referee says Batista once, plays his music. The other guy says, no, 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 no. Cena one plays his music. Goes back and forth. Vince's music hits. He comes doing the Vince strut. Comes running down. Not running down, but walking. His Vince walk. Slides into the ring. Tears his quads. He can't get up. <laughs> so he ends up just sitting. It's I, a pretty hilarious visual. Yeah. And so he ends up sitting, and he's like telling the refs what to do. But he's, he's sitting on the ground. Everybody's looking down at him. And then they announce 
Do you remember who they announced? The winner was? Yeah. No. I don't either. <laughs> well, they did, well they had to re- they restarted the match. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they did. They re- yeah, he ordered them to restart the yeah, match. Yeah, and then Batista. Lim- but this yeah. is one that wasn't planned. Unlike the '94 one, mm. this one was not planned, which is hilarious. I can't imagine Vince being like, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> I think he talked about everything. He's like, "I was sitting pretty much in a same position from." 3 p.m. until 10. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get out, my muscles are like, nope. <laughs> Just tears them both. And, oh, poor Vince. All right, so I got the, the, the scene of pop. Here, listen to this. So this is number 30. 2008. 2008 Rumble. Here we go. goosebumps like the crowd is going nuts for him like this is something that nobody saw coming now stuff leaks now there was like last year there was the big aj styles maybe he'll be there mm-hmm. this year there's a couple rumors like kenny omega or kurt angle there's a couple rumors but this was no chance Cena was going to be there and i don't remember the last time that happened this is probably it the 2008 one but yeah. before that i can't remember the last time I think even when edge won there's Oh, maybe he'll come back and things like that. But oh, I was just awesome. Huge well, I think at the time Cena was a bigger star than Edge was when Edge was top. Well, Cena's the biggest star in the company. I'm and just talking still... about 2008 compared to oh, 2010. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he got hurt. Um, he is, I think his tricep was torn off off of him, and mm-hmm. he, ironically, so he was supposed to face Randy Orton at No Mercy that year in October. And I was going to that pay-per-view. And the, the consensus was, all right, Orton's going to beat Cena finally. Then Cena got hurt. It's like, ah, we're not going to see the match. So it's, Orton ended up facing Triple H in the main event and winning. That was, And then when Cena came back, my friend who hates Cena, I was watching with him. He was so pissed. He's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then to the point where, I took his phone and took a picture of Cena, like, smiling, and that was, like, my... When I called him, that's what came up every uh-huh. time I called him. Cena smiling? Yes. Okay. Cena smiling. <laughs> what else do we got here? I talked about a little bit using the Rumble to set up matches for WrestleMania. Not even the main event matches, but, like, B matches. They had... In the 1990 Rumble, they had Dusty Rhodes and the Macho King facing off, mm-hmm. and they ended up having a match, and... Million Dollar Man and Jake the Snake they end up having a match, so they kind of they kind of little put little seeds in there for you. They don't really do that anymore because I think they have such a, they have a plan now and stuff changes so much that they can't really do that, which kind of sucks. But it's it's still fun to look for. Yeah, and watch those. And, and the older ones, there was not a lot of shows, well, television shows between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. They didn't have another pay per view in between. That's true. That's they true didn't have, have, I don't know, 10 hours a week of television every week leading if up that, to the WrestleMania. If that. It currently or, or then? Then. I mean, then they just had syndication stuff, right? Yeah. They had superstars. And it was old taped a month ago. Yeah, so they had to pretty much stick with the plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh-oh. It's, it's something where if you watch old ones compared to new ones, there's a lot of similarities. 
like I mentioned, there's a lot of the same bad guys teaming against good guys and turning on each other. There's the, okay, who's going to come out next? The announcers. There's the crowd every time, 10, 9, standing up and looking out. There's this, there's the kind of this, the same, but there's also they're also changing a lot where they test guys now. They use it as a test. Like, okay, let's push this guy. Let's feature him in the Rumble and see how he reacts. The first guy I can remember them doing that with was Diesel, which we talked about where they had him have a bunch of eliminations. Mm-hmm. And they, you mentioned it, they did it the year before in 2014 with Roman, and the crowd was behind him. So I can see WD's like, all right, we, we were going to push this guy. He was going to be our guy anyway, but he's getting a lot of positive reactions, so let's stick with him. It's Who do you think this year is going to be the guy that they're going to feature in the Rumble to, to show Probably off? Braun Strowman. Yeah. Or Baron Corbin. I don't think. I think he's in the Rumble. Do you feel like this year's SmackDown is kind of getting ignored a little bit for potential Rumble winners? If you don't watch SmackDown, they don't acknowledge SmackDown. But if you watch it, you'll see who's in the Rumble. Yeah, but I feel like Raw has more potential winners yeah. than SmackDown does. Because, I mean... Who won SmackDown? The only guy they're really pushing is Ozzy is Corbin. Yeah, it'd be. You know what I think would be a cool, good idea? This prediction game, which I don't like doing, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I think so. Corbin is the young guy they're pushing on SmackDown. Strowman's the young guy they're pushing on Raw. Have them do like a dumb elimination thing, huge ball to the back, being nuts, and they could do a. a they did this at WrestleMania 28, a battle for brands: mm-hmm. Raw versus SmackDown, Strowman versus. Um, Corbin. Yeah. I think that'd be a fun match. And I think it, so. It gives them both something to do, a big, pretty pretty high-profile match. It gives them both something to do when two guys they want to feature on their biggest show of the year and they want to push. Strowman's a guy that I like a lot. I don't like the big monsters, but he's agile, he's intimidating, he's believable. His promos are a little whatever, but he's a monster. He's not supposed to be big. Right. Maybe James Elders will win it all. I hope not. Did you see he's doing uh, trying to get into the Rumble? He's like, yeah, just do hashtag this and that. And uh, if, if I can get you people, you know, on board to get me in, then they'll put me in. I'm like, fuck no. You're you're over him. He's just I don't think there's anything else for him to do. Like he served his purpose, and I thought he was cool, but I don't see them. I don't know. He's not a star. I think him and Carmelo would probably just. I mean, that's kind of. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. I like that with the brand splits, they're giving everyone something to do. Mm-hmm. Even if it seems kind of like silly and dumb, it's still a storyline. They're still getting TV time. So I think that's nice. Raw has a little bit more trouble than that because they pretty much focus only on the main event guys, whereas I think SmackDown focuses more on the B storylines too. Yeah. I think the the thing that would upset people this year is there's so many top guys that deserve, and it doesn't even look, 30 doesn't look like it's enough. Because there's so many top guys you could put in there. Yeah. Like if Ellsworth shows up, I'd be pissed because there's another top guy that I thought should have been in besides him. <laughs> Although you probably need a small, goofy comedic guy to throw out in under five seconds. I think I think Ellsworth's going to get in there, and then JBL's going to be in there. He's going to eliminate him because <laughs> JBL always talks about he hates Ellsworth. Yeah. I can see giving him a clothesline from hell over the rope, mm-hmm. which would be a cool visual because JBL gives the best clothesline. Yeah. In modern era, obviously. Oh, yeah. No, it's amazing. Going back to the Rumble, I'm holding up the 98 Rumble case. And this was Stone Cold's coming out party. Because he's gay. No. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that. He wants to be. Awesome. So, in 1996, he was the ringmaster. He got eliminated, and they didn't even mention it. They were like, oh, where's the ringmaster? And then, oh, I guess we missed the elimination. 
the next year, one year later, Austin wins the Rumble by cheating. Mm-hmm. But he's not ready for the main, main event yet. By 98, there was no question Austin was the guy. Yeah. Do you remember the build-up to him in the Rumble with his pager and everything where he would stun everybody? Oh, God, you suck. So what happened was Austin was the guy in the Rumble, and he was he was cutting a promo where he was like, everybody in that room's got a pager. He's pointing to the locker room. He's like, when the pager reads 316, you know your ass is mine. So he was paging people. They'd look mm-hmm. at it, and they would get stunned. <laughs> so everyone had All it right, out. I do remember okay. that. Everybody had it out for him. I'm going to try to find this on YouTube to play that clip, too. Everybody had it out for him. And then during his spot, when it comes up for the rumble, his music hits, the rumble stops and they're waiting for him. Austin's too smart for that. Like they all want to gang up on him. Yeah, he sneaks in from behind and gets mm-hmm. him. And he, he and he has his, just his, you could, there's no question who was going to win that rumble that year. It was what, people didn't care that they weren't surprised. They didn't want to be surprised. Like, we want Austin to win. He won. Awesome. And then Mike Tyson's up in the box cheering for him. Cold Stone's the man. I'm glad he won. <laughs> Called him Cold Stone. Yeah, you know. So that's what. You oh, know. I don't remember the rumble, and I, <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't go back and watch it, but I remember the stuff leading up to it with the three one six pagers or the paging. He eliminated the Rock last that year. How that comes down to, the, to your top two, then, right? Yeah, he was. He was the top guy. He's the top guy in it. What is this? Pulp Redemption featuring Austin? Eh, I can't find it. But basically, he goes around and, and stuns everybody, and they do a, a little vignette before, and they call it Pulp Austin. Where uh-huh. they, and I think that was popular at the time. They're playing the music. He's stunning everybody. He did then win the 2001 Rumble, making him the only wrestler to ever win the Rumble three times. 2001 was when I started falling out a little bit with wrestling, which is ironic because it's the hottest time the WWF ever had as far as ratings and people watching. This is before WrestleMania 17 where Austin was going to WrestleMania to face The Rock for the Mm -hmm. second time. And that was such a hot feud that it made sense for Austin to win the Rumble that year. The only thing I really remember about that Rumble is the cover art was a copy of the 2000, or I'm sorry, the 91, 92 Rumble, which was my favorite rumble art ever where all the cartoon guys are on yeah, the front the of sketchings. it. Yeah, the sketchings. Yeah. Cartoony sketchings, yeah. Cartoony sketchings. <laughs> but they've got all the superstars, in which, they're, which they have a little bit now, but they're actual photographs, not superstars. Mm-hmm. Or not super, not cartoons of it. So I've got a bunch of rumble stuff. You don't got, you've watched 20 rumbles in the past week. We, you got nothing no. to talk about. Okay, that's okay. okay. You can cut it. Yeah, so I'll keep going. I'll keep going with this. So when we were talking about the '98 Rumble, that led into another fun Rumble, which is where Vince McMahon won the '99 Rumble. And on that one, Vince McMahon had Shane training him. And what's hilarious about that is you got Shane going, "Get the chicken, get the chicken." Vince McMahon chasing a chicken, showing um, Shane how to have Vince counter the stunner. Uh, they had the vignettes of Vince in like a warehouse eliminating people. And Austin, but Shane is screaming at Vince, I hate Austin, I hate Austin, I hate Austin. Just an awesome one. And this is a rumble that at the time I loved, but looking back at it and rewatching it, it's not a great rumble. It starts off with Vince and Austin 1 and 2. And what sucks about it is with Vince and Austin as 1 and 2, Vince has a lot of his, I guess, corporation guys come and take out Austin. So the whole rumble is just waiting for Vincent Austin to get back. 
so it's kind of like a lull the entire time. There's no real big surprises. It's just, okay, the crowd's saying, when's Austin going to come back? When's Austin going to come back? And once they do come back, Vince ends up eliminating Austin and winning the Rumble, which is just a hilarious, hilarious visual of him going, oh my God, I can't believe I won the Rumble. And that's part of the, the Attitude Era where the matches weren't great, but in the 99 Rumble, it didn't matter because the story and the end goal mattered more than anything else. It's one where it does, like I mentioned before, it doesn't hold up well, but it's still worth watching if you're a fan of, of Rumble's past or, or Rumble's present or anything like that. Just go watch the 99 Rumble just for the vignettes of, of Shane McMahon training Stone Cold Steve Austin. Get Eric back. Eric had to step out for a sec. He's back in. We were talking about the 99 Rumble. I heard you. Okay, you heard me. <laughs> the walls are thin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in a Japanese bathhouse. <laughs> just paper walls yeah got a rumble I know you got you're looking at your notes there yeah I'm trying to find something good we've talked about a lot well, like 2004 I thought it was good Chris Benoit the rumble that shall not be named well I don't I don't know if that's the case well the WWF doesn't acknowledge it well we will okay <laughs> He's he started off at number one and won the whole thing so did Shawn Michaels yeah, but and he was better than Benoit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I'm just kidding. We could you could talk about that. That one was one I didn't watch live. Right, that was my lull wrestling period where I okay. went back and watched it, and it's tough for me to watch it to watch Benoit stuff. It just is. Why? Because he murdered his family. You can't you can't ignore that. No, I can a little bit, but it's it's still tough. It's still tough for me. I mean, good, you know, at the time, good for him. And I'm, you know, good that they gave him the mm -hmm. push they were doing. But do you remember? But even still, they didn't really give him a full push because they added Shawn Michaels to the match. Right. Some say it's the best triple threat match ever. Michaels, Triple H versus Benoit. Yeah. I think it's not because of the Royal Rumble. <laughs> 2015 had an awesome triple threat match. Seth Rollins, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. That's a hell of a match. That was Seth Rollins coming out party as a singles wrestler. That was like okay, I can see, I can buy this guy as the number one, the number one guy. One of the things I remember from that year, because at this time, like maybe you, I wasn't watching that often, but when I did watch, I was watching different storylines build up. So one of the big storylines I thought that was kind of prominent in this Rumble, it didn't take up a lot of time, but whatever number test was supposed to come out to, they go they cut to, they do cut to the backstage again, Sheriff Stone Cold. <laughs> Because he's in charge of, I don't know, he's he's like the GM. Was he he's, wearing a badge? Yeah, he was wearing a badge because he's a sheriff. <laughs> sheriff Stone Cold. And he's yelling at somebody. You don't see who he's yelling at to get in the ring, take his spot, get out there, and whatever. Okay, that's cool. So that's when, well, you see Test. He's beaten up. He's mm -hmm. laying down. And and the music hits, and it's a crashing, and it's um, Mick Foley comes out. Mick Foley and Orton were having this big rivalry between the two of them, and it kind of really heated up at the Rumble so that they could have their WrestleMania match. But mm -hmm. previously, Orton was kind of going through his whole legend killer thing. Yeah. And then he, he I don't know, teamed up with uh, Mick Foley earlier at the end of the year before, and I guess spitting Mick Foley's face because he didn't have it anymore. He wasn't hardcore. Now I'm the new hardcore legend. So he was going around saying he's the hardcore legend. Uh -huh. So then when Mick Foley finally, you know, snaps, he goes into the rumble, you know, beats up 
Did the crowd go nuts yeah. when Molly came out? Yeah. Because that was one of the hotter storylines during that year. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that... Nothing. No, nothing too memorable. Yeah. And that, there's a period, I'd say, between... To even 2002's Rumble where Triple H won. 2002 to 2006, where, like, the Rumbles to me were just kind of an afterthought. Even when I wasn't watching, I would still, like, order them at a friend's house. I didn't even order those. 2007's where I got back into it a little bit. We ordered the Rumble that year, and the last two guys were Michaels and Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, a little mini match at the end of it. And that was just an awesome, awesome thing. They were in Texas, so both hometown guys, I guess. And that was one where I was pissed. Michael's, again, Michael's my favorite wrestler. I always want him to win. But that was just an awesome little mini. If you ever want not watch the whole Rumble, just watch their, the last two guys because they're both laying down. Michaels does the kick up, Undertaker does the sit up, and then it's on. Uh-huh. It's just an awesome moment for the fans and, and for me watching at home. Even now, it's cool to watch. Yeah. I thought one of the cool ones when I went back, I thought it was 89 with Hogan and Savage. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Talk yeah. about it a little bit. So Hogan and Savage end up in the Rumble, and God, I wish I could watch it again right now. But something happens where they're the last two, or no, Hogan eliminate not yeah. the last two, but Hogan eliminates Savage. Yeah, I don't know if he did it on purpose by well, accident or however it shook out. Savage and Savage was trying to eliminate somebody, I think Akeem, and Hogan goes behind him and eliminates both Savage and Akeem, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Savage gets hot. Like he jumps back in, he's in Hogan's face. Refs are trying to get them out of the ring, saying, "Hey, you're eliminated. Get out of here, buddy." Yeah, but he won't. So then Elizabeth comes running down. She tries to get them to make amends. Mm-hmm. Savage eventually does. They shake hands. Yeah, and That's it's like, like okay, because okay. the Mega Powers was bound to split, and mm-hmm. I thought at that point, okay, this is it. But then they're back together a little bit. Yeah, they they put, they were together up until that Saturday night's main event when they had the official Mega Powers explode. <laughs> and this was before they had the title where the winner would get a title match for WrestleMania because Savage was the champion at this Royal Rumble, and the next year Hogan was the champion. Mm-hmm. So this was before that. And, yeah, this is why I'm glad you brought that up because it's really cool because, ironically, Savage is the one that points gives his hand out. I thought Hogan was, but so Savage is like, and Hogan's looking around, should I shake his hand, brother? Right. And they shake his hand and was like, okay, okay, we're cool. Mega so Savage is the better man. Yeah, so the led into a WrestleMania match. And that'll kind of transition into what I want to talk about being the WrestleMania matches. So I have a project I have in mind that it'll probably start sometime around end of February through March and pretty much through WrestleMania where I myself have been in nine WrestleManias. And it's something where even if you're not a big fan, you should go because it's just, it's fun to be there at the biggest wrestling event of the year where you, Wrestling fans take over whatever town they're in because it's not just WWE. Ring of Honor is there, all the indie promotions are there, WrestleCon's there with wrestlers from the past who are not necessarily WWF's good graces go there. It's just a huge event. And I've been in a few message boards and on Twitter, and I've asked people, hey, if you've been to a WrestleMania or multiple WrestleManias, do you want to come on and talk about your experiences there? And I've got a pretty good feedback. So we've got about six or seven people so far, probably about eight, ten total. Over the few weeks, we'll have a little 5-10 minute interview with them where we will talk about their WrestleMania experience and why they keep going back. And if you're listening now and you would like to participate, you could shoot me a note on Twitter, at ppwpodcast, or shoot me an email to ppwpodcast at gmail.com. It's just a fun project you want to work on, which isn't going to be the whole show. It'll be like a little clip within the show in addition to our random segments that we're going to have every week, so... 
Eric, before we wrap up, do you have any other Rumble memories or anything like that? Because we talked about a lot of stuff today. Yeah, I'm sure I'll come up with something after I get home. Because <laughs> there's so much when I, and when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh, I should have said this. Oh, I want to say that. Well, the good thing is, is we can record more. Yeah. We've got time. So this coming Sunday is the Royal Rumble. I'm going to try to do a very special four-person podcast recording with me and Eric and my other two friends to talk about toys and video games from our past. Eric's more of a toy collector than me. Funko Pops, etc. And well, you got a lot of well, I wouldn't say a lot, but you've got a lot of Mattels. Yeah, I've got a handful. Uh, I've got I don't know, like ten Funko Pops, but you have all <laughs> the Funko Pops. Yeah, uh, and also talk about some of the video games memories we played growing up and even the current ones my two friends that are coming on are pretty big into that so i think it'll be a fun conversation we will see how four people going at once works but if it doesn't work i won't release it so there you go (laughs) (laughs) well eric thank you for coming over again and recording this royal rumble memories podcast with me again we talked about a lot i'm sure we'll talk about more everyone thank you for listening uh Thank you for the Twitter follows. Thank you for feedback. I appreciate everything for the most part so far. has been really, really positive, so I really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on SoundCloud and PPWPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. It's not a free, it's not